0: Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. A Fine Time for Healing is a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today we have with us Meredith Herrenbrook. And um, Mer- Meredith is a neurolinguist linguistic programmer, Um, she does family soul constellations, she does HUNA, which we're going to go into what these things are. Um, She has a master practitioner certification from NLP Marin, a family soul constellations facilitator certification, and was initiated into HUNA by Kahuna Mark Sato in Hawaii and studied HUNA with him over the span of three years um meredith started with a bachelor of architecture and because of situations in her life she changed careers and now she is doing uh this kind of work which she's going to explain to us it's it's really really interesting you're going to enjoy this welcome meredith well thank you so much for having me randy my pleasure it's great to have you Okay, so let's start off with talking about family soul constellations. What what are they?
1: Well, if you can imagine that when we are growing up, we learn and grow according to our uh, environment, and what happens is um, we don't just learn and grow and hold energies within our bodies. We hold energies within family systems. So when you look at, you know, like father, like son, there are lots of old adages that you kind of look on or a lot of people and I used to understand on the surface of, well, that's what they learned, right? These are the behaviors and and choices that we learned to adapt to and gather for our own. Family Soul Constellations actually looks into the stuck root causes of family patterns that have not been resolved and uh and so we don't just learn from our parents and learn from our family we're actually when there is a stuck trauma that has not been released or acknowledged um, or dealt with in any way the younger generations will actually grab onto that pattern or that stuck energy and make it their own, and sabotage their life, and you know, in in a myriad of ways. And so, on the surface, it looks like well, we know that there's something going on, you know, but we don't quite know what. Like alcoholism, we think perhaps oh well, it's genetic. My theory actually is that it's energetic first. And then it becomes genetic. And so, Family Soul Constellations is a very beautiful way of finding what is stuck, how it's stuck, and then offering a resolution to actually shift those energies and let them dissipate. So, we don't have to grab onto those patterns anymore.
0: Interesting. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the work that I do, but I do narcissistic abuse coaching. So, this is a big part of the issues that from the people that I am coaching who have gotten into these relationships for various reasons as adults or are coming out of them as a child and a lot of what you're saying is can be very um it can be applied very directly to this because sometimes we don't really understand what has come through the generations um does this does this energy get stuck in anything like DNA or our genes or anything like that or it's just an energetic transfer
1: I think it actually does mm-hmm. turn into DNA that is that is what I my theory is because when you look at like I, I've just noticed so many patterns. The most obvious one being alcoholism. It is a very easy crutch, a coping tool mechanism um, that is socially acceptable and can be uh, abused and, and used too much. And uh, and I have seen that I don't know in various articles and so forth that it's they're looking for the gene and I kind of smile because I go, well, that's not where it started. Everyone is energy first. Everyone is a soul first. The body is just receiving information. It has its toolbox. Yes, genetically, but it came from somewhere else first. And, uh, and so what I do notice though, is people who have chronic um, conditions Uh, say, even neck ache. There was an example of a constellation done years ago where the mother had chronic neck pain and she'd been to all these doctors and could never figure it out. Structurally, she was fine. And uh, her daughter did a constellation and a few days later, her mom called and said, it's the strangest thing. My neck doesn't hurt anymore. And what presented in the constellation was that the mother's father was standing on her neck to put her down, to keep her in her place and so forth. And when everything got resolved in the constellation, the woman's neck quite literally did not hurt anymore. So you look at the symbolism and the energies being presented and that are happening all the time. And 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 that's why I love constellations. I'm getting chills actually because when every single constellation shows so much pain and sadness and trauma that we don't heal, we don't address because it can feel too much. And we think it's just from our childhood, you know, childhood traumas, but where did the childhood traumas come from? It's from the parents or the grandparents. There's something that happens that needs to be resolved. So it's like a river of energy flowing through. And what we do, because we are loving children, in an effort to say, I love you, we try to fix it, but we just make our own lives chaos in the process.
0: Well said, that's just so fascinating. So in other words, when we, <clears throat> when we solve or fix the constellation in present time, it goes back gener- it goes back generations and fixes or? It does. It yeah. does now.
1: I know that seems kind of odd, but mm-hmm. imagine um, a radio signal, even from a star that died off long ago. The radio signal is still happening, and and so when we um, address the radio signal, uh, then it it clears it out, and um, it's really profound because the other thing too that's interesting is. Um, Sometimes when there is, you'll start off with a few cards. So what happens in a constellation is uh, we'll, I'll talk with a client and I'll write some roles on different cards, like mother, father, um, the client's name, and maybe often I just do the root cause of whatever the, the issue is that my client is currently experiencing, such as not able to find a good relationship they keep themselves isolated mm-hmm. or maybe a family squabble that they just go I have no idea my our parents have been nice and wonderful but my sister has been stealing ever since she was seven mm-hmm. for no apparent reason mm-hmm. so I, I put these rolls on cards and and I know it sounds probably kind of odd but what happens is then I end up folding them up and tossing them about and then I am, it's all intuition based and anyone can do this. So you kind of turn your higher brain functioning off and you um, are kind of guided to where the card needs to go. And it's somehow always correct. and, um, And so when you step on the cards, you are downloading information. And when you start to download the information, you understand, oh, I like this person, or I like that card, or I want to avoid, or I'm looking at the ground. And what's happened over time is we've noticed that there are these prevailing patterns and of stuckness, if you will. And when you uncover all of that, then you can go, well, if the parents are at odds and at the opposite ends of the room, that's probably not a very... Uh, powerful relationship there's something going on and ideally we want parents to stand together and offer their love more freely to their children and their grandchildren and this is where actually most people get stuck and and find frustration and loss in their life is because the love has stopped you know like a spigot It has just, it is dribbled out in a tiny little amount and the children are wanting that love. They're wanting that approval and connection. And when parents are overwhelmed or in trauma themselves or grandparents and everyone is just coping, the love hasn't flowed freely. And we, it's that much more difficult to be a full functioning, balanced, love radiating human and this is a way to address that and and so when you step on the cards you end up finding a lot of history Um, like world history you learn more about even diseases and how things present and why they present and uh, so it's very very interesting and extremely powerful work
0: how did you discover this because this is not something i've ever heard of
1: i discovered it actually through nlp marin which is in northern california And uh, one of the classes they offer is family constellation work. And it was discovered actually by Bert Hellinger over in Germany, he is a psychoanalyst. And he was role playing with his client one day. And he kind of just, he played the role of the father with his client. And after a little while, she says, how did you know my father would say that? And he says, well, what do you mean? And, And she says, no, that's exactly the phrase he would say in just that way. And he I have no idea what you're talking about. But he discovered that he was, there's information floating freely throughout the universe. And he was able to tap into it because he just put on the role, if you will. And so he discovered and 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 just kept doing constellations and learned that a patterns, the patterns were emerging. And, uh, and it's very, very powerful. It's fascinating. Um, I often say it's way more interesting than television. You can't make <laughs> this stuff up.
0: <laughs> it's, it sounds really cool. Um, why is it called Constellations?
1: I think they call hmm. it Constellations because of the
0: connections between
1: family members and how um, we all play our role in the family dynamic. So say for example, even you have a black sheep in the family, sometimes people say, oh, they are, I don't know, they were dropped on their head or they're difficult or they're a Scorpio or a whatever, whatever. And we like, and it helps us to put um, labels on people to, I don't know, make it easier and to try and understand. And, but what's interesting is everyone chooses their role and how they behave in that role for example maybe some child is like the golden child well if you have a golden child that role is taken so we have to figure out well how do i shine what can i do to get love this is all an effort to get love and feel safe and, and so sometimes it gets very contorted, but we all choose our roles. So if you have the golden child, you're going to have the black sheep. If you're going to have the funny child, you're going to have the uber serious child. If you're gonna have the sports child, you're gonna have you know maybe the, the chemistry nerd, right? We all try and fit in in effort to be individual and shine and get that love, right? We're all wanting that love and attention um it's just that's how our uh genetics are so we can all survive as as humans Mm
0: -hmm. so i have a question for you that i don't know if you can answer it or not because this is a question that i get and one i've actually pondered but the work that i do with narcissistic abuse um what i've discovered is that there is a huge population almost to epidemic proportions worldwide of people that have this disorder and for every person that has the disorder there's going to be at least two people that are suffering. The repercussions of it, but it seems as if this is something that has exploded now I don't know if it's because we're more familiar with it now we know more about it. Um, But I. I've tried to figure out where the source of this, and it's not, you know, people will say, well, it's social media, but, but narcissistic personality disorder is not narcissism. Okay. It's a very different thing. It's a personality disorder. And the people who are affected by it are severely affected and changed. So do you have a thought as to how a generational thing can happen like that with the masses?
1: I definitely do. And I've been thinking about this all week, so it's divine, honestly, that uh, you're asking this question. Um, So here's what I've noticed, and I agree with you. I think it is an epidemic. I am dealing with, I don't know, one client currently with major narcissism, um, maybe more borderline personality disorder. They're very similar as far as I can understand I don't quite know the difference but the whole flavor is i can never be wrong i am never wrong and i'm going to fight till my dying breath or my last breath that i am right because if i am wrong i will be somehow destroyed okay now narcissists um are have so are you aware of call, uh, what's called the organismic rights or the Reichian rights? Um, they were kind of discovered or developed late 1800s where there are six developmental stages of a child. And the first one is the um, based on the right to exist. Then there is the right to need. There is the right to um, make your own choices. There is the right to Um, or sorry the right to individuate right be your own self be autonomous and then have your own choices and then there's the right to love and be loved okay and this is actually what i think the five love languages is based on
0: okay
1: those are compensation tools to um to work it out when we didn't get quite enough of one of these developmental stages we are going to focus on um, like say the right to need Sorry, that's, yes, the second one is the right to need. Okay. Well, if that is not installed properly or uh, absorbed properly, well, if I don't have the right to need, well, then I'm not going to need, but I'm going to give gifts to everybody. I'm going to give to you. So it's the, you do the inverse. So then you can get that attention because people, when you give a gift, you get acknowledgement of thank you. Okay. So that's how you do it. So to the narcissism, that is narcissistic uh, reaction, I will say, is installed between zero and three months for the right to exist. So if you don't feel the right to exist, perhaps your mom or your dad says, I never wanted you. All sorts of things that we can hear, Mm -hmm. even though they say, oh, babies cannot understand. They absolutely can. They feel the energies. They know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And also babies will absorb. They haven't individuated yet. So their mom's thoughts are their thoughts. They don't know the difference. So I think because of the epidemic, I look back on, okay, what happened a few generations back? Well, gosh, the the 20th century had a, let's see, Great Depression, few world wars, lots of emigration. There was so much change and literally catastrophic shifts where millions of people died for millions of reasons. Um, You had famines and so forth and so on. You have countries warring with each other. And that is so much for a person to handle right? If you have the loss of the family fortune, and you have 14 kids, that's gonna be really, really, really hard. Right. And so when you have this, I don't have the right to exist, because maybe you perceive, well, if I existed, if I exist, I'm going to create problems for my family. Right? So it's developed when you're very, very little. And and then you just look back mm-hmm. on what were happening with the parents. And that gets back to family constellations as well, not just NLP, where you deal with the you know the the mental and emotional aspects of someone, more of like the traditional therapy aspect of conscious conversation and root causes of our childhood. But so you have that con- concurrently occurring with the the family trauma. And i think there is something there because you have hoarding is, you know you have all these uh compensation tools hoarding where you lost the family fortune and now you feel you have to have everything and buy everything so you don't go through that again um, i'm going to have alcohol or drugs now uh, because i don't know how to cope and so i'm just going to avoid right? I'm going to bliss out. When I can never be wrong, it's, well, where do I feel I was wrong? Who told me I was wrong? Um, Or that I don't have the right to exist. And and again, someone might be telling you something, but your interpretation box, you know, your little interpreter goes, oh, and kids do this all the time. They go, well, we may go to the park today. Oh, you say we're going to the park. No, I said, we may be going to the park this afternoon. I'm not quite sure, right? Kids will gravitate towards one part of the sentence and make a blanket statement. They are very black and white. There's no gray area. It's very, very simple, um, you know, zeros and ones sort of thing. And so I think there's a lot of misinterpretation. And also we're trying to fit in. We're trying to survive. We're trying to go, what is the puzzle piece that I am to make my life survivable and okay when I'm little. So I think that's where it really stems from is it's not social media. It doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But also um, if you don't know who you are, what your role is in your family, that's in a positive role. And you don't know where you are in school because teachers are overwhelmed um and the whole structure i think is an absolute mess for public schools in general um and you don't know where you are in religion or spiritually like where you are in the universe when you don't have a place to land and you're not celebrated for it what are you going to do you're going to be in conflict with that whole thing and so to to compensate and and uh how do I say um, solve the problem when it's so overwhelming you're like well I somehow I exist but I'm just going to make everybody else wrong you know and and I and I have to survive somehow so I'm just going to do the blanket statement everyone else is wrong and I am right because I can't figure it out
0: Mm -hmm. that's so fascinating Meredith Um, you know I had one of the things that I've always attributed it to was world war ii um that the the men coming home because they we didn't know what ptsd was they called it shell shock but they didn't really uh create um a diagnosable illness around it but if you have a head of a household that's got ptsd there is no way that family is going to function well so I agree with you that you know that this goes way back. But you know, these um, Dr. Wilhelm, I'm looking in your book, um, rights. Um, so they're called the organism, organism,
1: organismic,
0: <laughs> organismic rights. Okay. <clears throat> and you said you named all five, which the right to exist, the right to need the right to be assertive, the right to be independent, and the right to love and be loved. A child born to a narcissistic parent has none of those rights, none.
1: Right, because also the first, the second one can only develop as good as the first one. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. stacking blocks on top of another. Mm -hmm. So if the, the first one is building a house, if the foundation of I don't have the right to exist, well, if you don't exist, you don't have the right to need, like all the other stuff is blown mm-hmm. out of the water. Right. And, and to your point of the PTSD um, there, I think there are a few things that are happening with the PTSD. One is the the mental, emotional dealing with that whole thing. I mean, it's just huge. Um, the, there are two other aspects that are very important when, a person comes back from war or from the military is there's a very huge um aspect that is very important to address that a lot of people don't is the welcoming home when we fight and we you know like in the Vietnam war we're against the war da da da, da And someone who is so bravely had to go over yes, that was their choice. And then of course you are in the military, you can't just leave and you go, I have fought. And I, and I know of someone who he doesn't drink because of it, he became nasty after Vietnam and, and he had to fly helicopters and pick up the dead basically Wow. and hose out the helicopter. Um, And so he's got his demons, if you will, but we need to welcome them home and say, no matter what, thank you. We love you. We honor what you have done. We may not agree with the whole ball of wax, but you, thank you. That because honestly, also the other aspect that's important and, and in conjunction with this is when you are overseas or when you are in war, there is what's called soul loss. That's part of what PTSD is, is when people even have lost a spouse or some family member, they go, I feel I've lost a part of myself. Mm-hmm. It's not just their brain that can fracture, which can be a true, you know, as, as we call um, the multiple personality disorder, maybe schizophrenia, which I think is kind of something else. Um, I think they're just actually very sensitive people. um, Some of them that are just picking up on what we don't see. Right. But there's a soul loss and soul fragmentation that happens. And and how can we be a whole person when our whole soul is not there? Uh, And so it's important to welcome them home and all parts of them. And therapy needs to happen to bring the whole soul back. And people have soul fragments all the time. And, um, and it you know, if someone feels shattery or they feel maybe carved out and they feel there's something missing here. Mm-hmm. It's not just a theory. It's not just a symbol. There is a part of them that got frozen in time where it says, I'm out of here. I'm done. I can't handle it. And so there's, again, we need to do therapy with that soul fragment to bring back in. So when the father comes home, now or the mother comes home and they are not all there and not all fully welcomed and and blessed if you will and 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 uh, appreciated and 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 they don't have people who have been through it they have less to talk about they go well i love you i respect you but you don't understand what it was like over there. And so I don't know how to communicate. I don't know how to bridge that. And thus we cope and so forth and so on. And then the younger generations, the children, well, they have to find that role. Well, dad's not there. Well, then I'm going to become the father. I'm going to become the father figure. And then if I'm now a father and in a way like symbolically married now to my mother, Oedipus complex, It's honestly, you all the roles get kind of messed up um, in effort to make the family function as best they can. I agree with you, but then when we're older, we go, well, why can't I find a relationship? Well, I'm already married. And I talked about this on another podcast, and they were blown away. They're like, wait a minute, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. When we fill a role in the family, and we don't, and the mother doesn't say. Thank you so much. Now at age 18 or whatever you are, a man, I've got this right and stand down. You can just be a kid. Now you can maybe just go to high school or just go to college. Yes. Mm -hmm. Help, but you are not my husband. You are not the father. I've got this. And when we gently allow that child to now be a child again, And live their own lives. They will then otherwise perpetually be stuck in that role.
0: That That is so powerful. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, And you talk about you know I I was just looking through here where I tabbed um, it in your book, becoming ridiculous. Thank
1: you. You tagged lots of good places. I did. I tagged a lot. Thank you.
0: Um, But. You talk something about um, and I'm going to use the word triggers, but you explain sort of where that comes from, that it, it and I was just looking for that this indirect. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Let me see if I can find it. Silly. Let me see if I can talk about it. The, the fret. Um,
1: all right.
0: I'm going to look you don't use the word trigger, so that's why i um, Let's see see if I can find it. Okay, I think it has something to do with um, the synapses. The fires together, wires together. Yes. Old synapses get unlinked, and new ones connect up with those choices. Um, All right, so I'm talking kind of in circles, and I don't want to waste time with that. But anyway. we heal from our past completely heal. Mm-hmm. Um, can we stop this from happening because I know in my family, I'm where it stopped. it went back generations and generations and generations and I made a conscious choice that I would not pass this on. Um, and I really don't think I have although there are probably aspects of the past that my children have gotten without me even being aware of it right
1: yep you can't control it all again those family patterns you might say i'm clear with it i'm good but then a younger child might say well that's wonderful but there's still something there Mm -hmm. um and so we may consciously make those choices to say not yell at our child or or do the action and i think we get stuck on this as a society but i'm not doing the behavior anymore i think that's why the prison system doesn't work very well um, because it's like well i'm not going to do the behavior anymore it's no what is behind the behavior that is causing this whole thing so when we as a current generation say well i have stopped the alcoholism i have stopped the behavior the action yes that is helpful for you yes that is helpful as a modeling tool okay. energetically however i don't know if it moves the needle enough such that the younger generation says Oh, okay, great. We're we're all salt, you know. Wipe our hands. Okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing that's crazy and amazing in constellations is that the family might not ever consciously know that a bit of history existed. For example, very often women did not say, "I had a miscarriage," or "I had an abortion," even a hundred years ago. Or gosh, there was one mm. constellation where it was really, a lot of them, I mean, every every constellation, the, the beginning part has a lot of trauma that it's uncovering, but there was one where it was in Nazi Germany and the family was hiding um, in the woods and the baby kept crying and they did not want to be found out. And they, of course, they loved their baby and so forth. And they kept tried to keep the baby quiet and there were probably you know 10 family members there, and the baby ended up being smothered because they tried to keep it quiet. They never intended for that action to occur ever. Horrible. But no one knew that until the constellation occurred. Wow. Because all they knew was that there was some worry and nervousness about connecting in a in and um, becoming deep in a relationship, you know, and and there was all this, and um, all they knew was that there was um, a child that had died. They were in Nazi Germany. They were, you know, running away and hiding. And when it first opened, we go, oh my goodness, to acknowledge the pain and the sadness and the gravity of the situation just shining the light even, was everything. And we could say, I'm sorry. This is where Ho'oponopono comes in from the Hawaiian traditions of I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you and I thank you. And there are some varying um, various prayers, but it's all to clear the decks, to acknowledge, to love, to own our part in it. And from a divine stance, not just our little bodies, but in our souls, but the divine stance of we are here fully for this and we are not resisting anything. And we are present with that. Mm -hmm. And when we are fully present, not over here and not thinking this and not resisting when we are fully present. And I keep learning more and more about what being fully present is when you can do that, then and you forgive it and you forgive yourself and you acknowledge it, and everyone can see it, then it clears from the pain record, if you will, like there's no more pain anymore, because it's been seen and acknowledged. So so younger generations, Mm -hmm. that's the long answer of yes, the younger generations, no matter how great you have done it, physically, They're the energetic components that really need to be addressed as well.
0: Great answer. And you just sort of opened a door of understanding for me with my um, family, my generation, because my grandmother, my mother's mother lost a little boy at a very young age. She buried him. I don't know if it was at birth. I don't really know never spoke of him again when she died they tried to find what his name was where his grave was could never find it but every every child in that family my mother and her three brothers were all strange something was not right there and you know i um i've tried to look back at this and i've tried to analyze the family to see where this dysfunction came from And I've never been able to figure it out, but I think you just nailed it. Yeah. Something, she was holding that pain. She never spoke of it.
1: Yes. And that pain disallows the younger sibling of ever knowing their sibling. And, And that happens so often in constellations where, a a child is finally acknowledged i mean it's so i can't imagine how painful it is to lose a child even the thought of it i have two daughters even the thought of that is just heart-wrenching for me and i go i couldn't i could not imagine i could do it but it would take even me a heck of a lot of work to get through that um but when towards the end when they finally the siblings see that baby that child and the mother can finally acknowledge or the parents can finally say, I had a child. This is your brother or this is your sister. Welcome. Again, welcome to the family. These are your siblings. And the other siblings are going, oh my gosh, even though you're physically not here, that that part of me is now filled. And I can see you. I can love you. Even if you're not here, I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. But it is so huge. And it is so heartwarming when everyone can go, oh, that piece of me, got it. I knew there was something. Our genetics don't lie. Our energy never lies. Mm-hmm. Our words can lie. But <clears throat> that constellation is 100,000% truth. And it light will fill the room and everyone will then calm down and go, thank you. Yes, it is a pity. It is sad. It is horrible that that happened. I don't wish that pain on anyone. But now we can heal Mm -hmm. and go Yes, we are sad, but we are still whole now. That missing piece is always there has always been there. And, and is part of our family, however brief a time that one was
0: amazing yeah i mean they didn't they didn't know about it until my grandfather was on his deathbed and he told my mother you know you had (laughs) i mean wow and then my grandmother died shortly after that and it was never they never got any information and the other children didn't really remember so that's very very interesting i now i really have a lot to think about um thank you for that so welcome what is HUNA healing? Now you spoke about the Hawaiian Ho'oponopono. Um, yeah. That one, which I talk about a lot. Uh, I think it's a great inner child healing, um, healing method or way to get in touch with your inner child and to heal that. Um, what is HUNA healing? H-U-N-A.
1: HUNA. Yes. So, um, <clears throat> HUNA healing is tradition from Hawaii where um well I'll just I'll backtrack a little bit kahuna is a translates directly to a seer of that which is unseen okay okay and I started off with all this intuition and premonitions growing up and I tried to solve what this was and and figure out how and why if we have time that's linear but I'm able to see in the future and all these things Mm -hmm. and I ended up desperately requesting a teacher for this and lo and behold years later there he was and I saw it filled with light honestly and I go got it boom you're going to be my teacher sometime I don't know quite when and I felt it not quite yet but in a few years and then I did and he um marks or mark Saito his his Hawaiian name is Manu um he is a descendant from the King Kamehameha from his 26th wife, and, uh, and he's the eldest son. And I learned from him about intuition, about seeing through whatever faculties you're more prone to of um, either touch or telepathy and all these sorts of things. Do you see things? Do you hear them? Do you feel them? How are you receiving information, and to allow that to grow and to be okay. And how we relate to healing ourselves and others is through ho'oponopono, which means to make it right, to make it right. So the ponopono is to make it right, right. And what it's designed to do, as I say, is to heal seven generations above and seven generations below. Mm. And again, it is getting into that present moment, connecting to the divine above, around, and within, and to connect in with being fully present, acknowledging again our part in it. And this is where family constellations and NLP and HUNA all connect in to me is is that we have to acknowledge our part in the experience that we are in, whether it's awesome or horrible as a perspective. And, and so when they're healing someone over in Hawaii, they go, say someone broke their leg they go, they don't say, Oh, what happened to you? We say that all the time. Oh, it was a car accident. What happened? or what happened to you as if you were just a byproduct and a receiver and they understand and they teach that you are part of your situation. What are you bringing to the table? Why are you somehow in that place in that right time to trip over that log or that whatever it is and to, you know, or fall out of that tree and and break your leg? So he goes, so. Why did you break your leg, right? Why do we get sick? Where's the imbalance? Where's the lack of attention, right? Where's the lack of awareness? Oh, I was looking at my friends, you know, running down the down the beach or whatever it is. Or I was thinking this. Oh, okay. So you're thinking that what stresses do you have? What do you need to work on? Or are you get breaking your leg so you can take a break because you're overwhelmed in life, Right. So, it's we see the action. What again, what is behind the action? What are the thoughts and the feelings and the energies that are presenting such that this is the result? What are the conditions that are creating that result? And what's helpful is now we can be a little bit more objective and now know that we have choice and we can that we are co creating our experience. And if we don't like what we see, We don't like what we're experiencing. Well, then let's look at it and go, what is my part in it such that we are creating it? We're always creating our own experiences through lack of awareness, lack of understanding, um, a lesson that needs to be learned. Maybe we need to level up um, in order to be somewhere where we want to be, et cetera. So that's what Kahuna do and there are all sorts of kahuna there you know there was a kahuna for war there was a kahuna for um that studied the herbal arts you know there's the kahuna for the emotional the soul and that's where I focused on is how is the soul doing what has it been doing in in different incarnations such that we're having issues now what is attached to us other entities or thought forms that are attached to us, that's creating our experience. Um, I clear properties. I clear people of, mm. you know, even ancestors who are attached to them, who are wanting to say hi and help them out, but they're bringing their own baggage, their emotional stuff mm. that we are picking up on. Mm. So if we have an ancestor who is perhaps, or a non-ancestor who maybe was smoking, we and they're attached to you now well, then maybe you will more likely be drawn to smoke as well.
0: So you were, um, you came into this world as an intuitive, or we're all intuitive. Yes. Like highly intuitive and sensitive, right? What was your experience as a child? Well,
1: um, being perfectly honest, and I don't know if I talk about it in my book, because a few years later, I learned more about my mom's borderline personality disorder behavior, Okay. because I realized, oh, all the gaslighting and I was so sensitive and I didn't remember things right and so forth and so on. And the dynamics between my parents and them trying to work it out, um, that I, I don't know if I came in as sensitive or maybe I did, but it was honed because I had to try and manage surviving growing up in an ever moving environment uh, because that's what, because they're never wrong. You're, you're always wrong. And then, well, you have to make it okay and, and play nice with them as much as possible. So you'll go, okay. So with all of that, I think I honed my skills to be very, very, very keenly aware of the situations. When you go into the room, is mom mad? Is dad mad? Is the dog happy? What's happening? It might be totally fine. I love my parents. They're amazing in many ways. Everyone's got their stuff. But um I my reaction was to being the youngest of three to always assess. And then I also had premonitions where I would have dreams of things that would happen a few years later. And it got so it became so often in high school that I didn't know what time I was in. And it was really, really confusing. And I was like, I don't know how to deal with this now. And I was I remember specifically, I was talking with a friend of mine and I was able to say exactly what he was saying at the same time, like in my head, I knew what he was going to say. And I go, how the heck is that possible? If time is linear, how am I able to do this? And if time is linear, then what are the mech? And we're all separate little bodies how am I able to do this? How are people able to do this? So I met with Manu Saito. I love him to death. He taught me so many things, and I'm able to see histories from people. I'm able to, Oh, so great. There was this one client whose grandmother had passed away many years ago, but she goes, I just feel her around me. Is she? And I go, actually, she is. I can just tell and when they feel gone, they just, they feel gone. They, they might visit, but like, I didn't mm-hmm. feel her around at all. And I said, I keep seeing this flower and I'd never seen it before, but I keep got a picture of kind of this gray, white flower and, and it looked kind of like a trumpet vine sort of flower. And I, but I only really knew a five petaled flower to be more plumeria or something like that. i like, it's not it. So I said, do you mind if we Google search? flowers white gray white flowers and finally i'm like no 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 we went through probably 30 or 40 of them and i go that's it this is the flower this is it it's on a vine it's kind of grayish white etc and she looks at me and she goes it was um wasn't a narcissus but it was a flower that bloomed at night and she looks at me and her jaw drops and she says that was my grandmother's favorite flower and i said oh well i kind of get the idea that if you plant them in your garden she would love to be able to connect with you through those flowers and she's like oh my god so i'm able to luckily hopefully um, help and and pick up all of this information and effort to connect people Mm -hmm. to clear and make everyone whole because we believe we're separate because we believe all these things in effort to survive We believe all these things and we structure our worlds to make it work. But we're trying to make it work based on when we're three years old and all the belief systems and structures of a three-year-old. And here we are in our forties and fifties and sixties. And we go, I wanna have relationships. I don't wanna drink all this much. I wanna feel better. I want to be able to be happy and focus forward, but we can't focus forward yet when we're inundated with all this old baggage that we don't know we're carrying. So through NLP, through Family Soul Constellations, and HUNA, I am clearing the decks that you don't even know are there.
0: Very cool. So we can be
1: present and whole, like present, present, not just I say I'm present. It's because when we are present, like Eckhart Tolle says, it's like when you're present, there's no place to be. (laughs) We're happy and we we can embrace what is coming in a better, more balanced way. Right. So there might be challenges, of course, we might not know how to navigate, but when we are more present and adult, then we can get to the next step. Corinthians, what is it, Corinthians 13, um, you know, where um, I, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child. And when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I've always loved that, it's a very popular um, verse. But when knowing as I know now, um, I really look at that more of putting putting away childish things as putting away the old belief systems and, and coming into being an adult, an adult adult of being present and really knowing who you are as a person, as a soul, um, navigating your you know your journey um, in a better way.
0: Very, very interesting. You know, you were talking about um, your sensitivity developing in childhood, and um, every single adult child of narcissistic abuse that I have worked with is energetically sensitive, including myself, um, because of the unpredictability of your environment. You have to be for survival, and that's what you explained. Yeah, you're, you were become little ninjas. <laughs> you do. You do. But, but the thing is, until we point that until I point that out to people, because it adds another layer of sensitivity to dealing with adult issues that you're not necessarily um, prepared. You haven't gone through the stages to prepare for. So it's one more level of sensitivity that makes overcoming this even harder. Um, but you're gift so shall we say um is uh this these premonitions and things like that that's a step above so most people that i work with uh in this situation are energetically sensitive and they have a very hard time being around other people because of the energies the sponge that they have become so um but the premonitions that's just a different level um okay so the other thing that you do and you've mentioned this a few times is um nlp neuro linguistic programming what exactly is that
1: neuro linguistic programming is a therapy times 10 times a thousand because it gets to the root cause of why you believe what you believe and how you believe it and getting to drill down to when you made that first choice. What is the imprint of how you are now? So say, for example, you know, i had been in talk therapy for a year or two, year and a half, and it felt really good initially. I was acknowledged. We were kind of working through some some belief systems and and kind of the structures of things. and but then i realized i was spinning my wheels and i go i'm just i'm talking i'm talking about current situations but i'm not i don't know it's just like you know when you're literally you're in the mud and you're spinning and you go i'm not mm-hmm. grabbing anymore and and so i asked the universe i was like okay you know when your soul asks there's there's an ask of i want ice cream and then there's the i need help with this Well, then the universe will always deliver, but you have to keep your eyes open for it. But honestly, they were very obvious about it. And a friend of mine and I were talking. And um, one day about, you know, my boyfriend or this guy I really liked, and I was so heartbroken and all these things. And he asked me these questions, for example, and this is how NLP starts is well, what would you like? What do you mean? What would I like? He's like, I don't know. If you could wave the magic wand, what would you like? that first question changes the whole dialogue because what does it presuppose well you have choice (laughs) children of narcissists they don't feel they have a choice they're in reaction mode and survival mode all the time right, as you were saying, they're sponges, they are absorbing so they can inter- interpolate and extrapolate and do this million calculation like the old IBM computers that are rooms wide. Mm-hmm. And they go, I'm trying to figure this out. And okay, here. Okay, so we're in room action mode, but we are actually having choice. So when you ask, what would you like? You go, well, I have choice. And wow, do I know what I want? Do I get a, do I get what, I want? can I have what I want? That can unpack just that question can unpack a person for an hour and we can have conversations about it. And I remember when I was then anyway, so I'll get into that in a moment, but I remember going, huh, what would I like? Okay. And then, and anyway, so 15 minutes later, he's asking these questions. What would you like? And what would having that do for you? And if you had it, then what? what would happen then what what might you lose of value if you had it okay that is getting to the structure of how you are creating your experience and then when we start to unpack that we go we ask all these questions to then to get to the question why are you in conflict with yourself <laughs> how are you in conflict with your desired state your future versus what is your past telling you that you have not been able to solve yet? Right? You can't go to the Himalayas if you feel that you don't have enough money to go on the, you know, on the plane. Right? So so we have all these goals and we go, but why am I not able to achieve it? So NLP unpacks the where would you like to be? How would you like to exist? What do you what is that future you thinking and feeling and doing and then, well, gosh, why aren't you able to create that for yourself?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where did it come from? And then they'll look all around. And this is what NLP does is we call what eye accesses. Our eyes absorb 90% of the information um, that we are receiving. And so when we're when they're looking here, for example, they're listening to something in the past. When they're looking over here, they're listening on the hor- horizon of something they've placed in the future might not be something in the future but they placed it there mm-hmm. if they're looking up they're looking at pictures if they're looking down they're having feelings if they're looking down to the left they are having an internal dialogue and then so when you go well what would you like Da-da-da-da-da, and they're looking all around you go what stops you and they look somewhere you go let's look there because they have connected this is where the synapses are you're connected a visual or an auditory or a something to an emotion, to a belief system, to all this stuff. And when we unpack it and then look at it and poke at it, we go, okay, well, now that we're older, do we need to believe all these things? Mm -hmm. Is it okay that maybe your father was wrong? Right. You think your father's human? Yeah, it does. Have you screwed up before? Totally screwed up before. Right. So we're making new associations to those old things. And that's what NLP does is it reassociates such that those old tracks don't need to happen anymore. So we're not having to manage the past anymore. We're just simply now going, I get it. I'm good. I've made new associations. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared of that big, you know, that little micro spider that we've now had, had, blanket statement said was all spiders are horrible right and now i can go forward i got it
0: i got it you know and yeah um, and i'm smiling because the one of the things that people will say to me because i do this i don't call it nlp but I, i i do this with my clients um and i'll say you know who are you what do you want to be and they're like they stop the frozen, the frozen. Mm. When I tell someone that you can be who you want to be and have what you want to have, they go, really? Mm-hmm. I really yeah. can. And so you just spoke of that, you know, and it's, it's always amazed me. But you're right. Until a person realizes that they get to make choices for some reason, they believed for so many years that they didn't get to make choices, and that has got to hold you back from becoming happy and healthy and whole and uh, who you are and what you want to be. So many people think that they're they have to be what they've told have been told they're supposed to be. So um, it's it's just really, really this very interesting. Thank you. Yes. So we have to stop Meredith. um, But you have this, you've written this wonderful book, Becoming Ridiculously Awesome. There's a lot in here. This is a thick book. See, see everybody? (laughs) It's a very thick book. There's a lot here, but it's wonderful. I like the way that you put things, that you explain things. And today you really did a great job of taking all of this apart. Um, I know I learned and I that's why I do the show. I, I learned from you. There's there's a lot of things that um, you sparked in me. So thank you for that. And Meredith, is there a website or a way to contact you or and a way to contact you?
1: Yes, there is. So I have a fabulous website, livingyoureawesome.com. And you can go there, poke around. I have a lot of great resources for reading and for downloads to help you begin your journey of kind of unpacking. I do consults, so I do one-on-one sessions, and I'm actually currently working on. um, I do have a newsletter as well, so you're getting um, tools, um, meanderings, thoughts, ponderings throughout the weeks, and um, I'm developing a lot of guides and um, how would you say videos to help you more delve into really unpacking these for yourself because some people don't have time or not, it's not really people don't have time, but they, they're they not quite ready to really do a deep dive of really unpacking it and they need to kind of start small. So I'm working on creating great videos for people to, to learn more about all of this. So um, I have livingyourawesome.com and I also have ghostfreeproperty.com where people come so i can help clear their properties of ghosts and entities and any residual energies from the past so oh, really you can just enjoy your mm-hmm. property yes um, it all kind of fits together in a really nice package so i would look forward to everyone joining the newsletter
0: and staying in touch yes thank you thank you well it's really been wonderful talking to you today um, as I said, you know, it's you just stimulated a lot in me. And I know that you have in my listeners as well, because so much of this is um, part of this whole um, whole of confusion that people have, when they're trying to come out of, you know, at th- being an adult and, and trying to um, build themselves build a foundation for themselves that really didn't exist you know so this is all very very interesting thank you and um have a really great day you're doing great work
1: thank you you very much for this it was a fantastic conversation good take care all right you too bye-bye